1: Legends Podcast. I'm your host Tanner and this is Monster Legends of Nevada. How you doing everybody? It's Monday. It's May. Tomorrow's Cinco de Mayo. We got your sauce already. Got your tamales, got your tacos, and your taquitos, and your burritos. And your chimichangas. What we got here today is some monster from Nevada. Some creepy crawlies, some cryptids, some mystery monsters of Nevada. Yeah, we got a uh, Lovelock giant skull confirmed by a museum in 1911, several giant, several giant skeletons and ancient artifacts were supposedly found in the cave in Lovelock in Nevada, USA. Almost everything was later lost in a fire, but a skull is supposed to be found in the Humboldt Museum in Winnemucca. I sent a request to the museum and they confirmed that they, they do have a Lovelock skull there. Here is the story on those skulls. Uh, When mining for Guano Cave in Lovelock, a small town about 80 miles northeast of Reno, the miners reportedly found mummies preserved in the dry bat droppings. The mummies were large from six and a half feet to more than eight feet, two to more than 2.5 meters. And they had red hair. They were reportedly lying in a layer of burnt material Around four feet under the surface, and there were also lots of broken arrows around the mummies. For archaeologists could survey the finds. most of it was gone or damaged, and later fire or the artifacts were stored didn't know good either. Um, so, uh, uh the only terminal was red hair. Okay, so it's still some hair. Let's mummified. Yeah, duh. It's mummified. That's why it's, you know, I'm so stupid. Sorry. So stupid guys. Oh, the PewDiePie Indians of the area have legends about giants and how they killed them. The race of giants, the Sitka, S-I-T-E-C-A-H, seven white, red-haired, very tall cannibals. The Indians started war against them when they entered their land. A coalition of tribes managed to trap the last remaining giants in a cave. And while shooting arrows at them, they started a large fire at the mouth of the cave. They kept the fire going and shot er- everybody to try to get out. And the giants were annihilated. So they pinned them down. And they fire them. Shut them out. Okay. Uh, one person that can tell and show us how large the skulls are its Stan Nielsen. He went to find the cave and skull in the museum. Prior to subsequent trip to the area, I brought a full size plaster This is okay this is a quote. Sorry. This is a quote from Stan. Uh, prior to subsequent trip to the area, I brought a full size plaster dental model of the lower teeth of a normal modern adult for my friend. He's also my dentist. I took the plaster model with me when I next visit of the area in the hopes that I will be able to compare it with the jaw from one of the giants. As I had hoped, the curator of the Window Cup Museum graciously allowed me to compare the plaster model with the jaw from the skull of one of the giants in the museum's collection. To place the jaws down on her desk, I was allowed to place my plaster mo- doll- jaw next to the jaw from the skull for purposes of comparison. The plaster model was much smaller than the jaw from the skull, in fact the teeth of the jaw from the skull was almost twice the size of those of my plaster model. There were other factors, too, that distinguish it from today's humans. So, twice the big head.
2: I can delete this one. Ergaster. Okay.
1: Other uh, other giant skeletons have probably been found in the area in 1931 and 1936, and even a skeleton measuring 8 feet 9 inches was supposedly found in 1965. Well, where's that one guy who's like uh eight, nine, almost nine feet tall? And he did like a bunch of like health problems. And he died at like 22, 23. I forget his name top of my head. But you know him, you see him in pictures. You know what I'm talking about? Had, like a size 22 or something. Maybe bigger, maybe size 30. Other skeleton, uh, he was found in 1965, buried under a rock ledge under the Holly Creek in East Central, Kentucky. All that's left today, as far as we know, are the skulls and skull parts in tiny Humboldt Museum. I'm afraid its something will be gone one day. Essential artifacts are, believe it or not, kept in the back room. But reports are telling the staff to gladly show them to you if you inquire about them. Wow. Well, well, well. Well, I actually on my Facebook group, uh, small town monsters, if anybody's seen some, uh, cryptids in Nevada, uh, one well, person told me she, I've seen them um, pterodactyl so Happened to find a story about that. And, uh, I asked some people on Instagram, if they seen anything or if they have any questions and most of them were just people asking for shoutouts and, Point of this, it's the point is, get but uh, uh, Steve Boy Jeff D asked, um, close to my family, yes, I'm very close to my family, and the someone asked, um, frozen vegetables or canned vegetables, I like canned vegetables, but between the two, but I preferred fresh vegetables, and someone asked, uh, Love or Money, thanks, Jeff Boyd. He also asked, um, Love or Money. If I want to be rich or be in love I will rather be in love because I can I can handle
2: being poor I've been poor it sucks but I can
1: handle it um on Facebook I ask this uh on personal page I ask uh if anybody's anything, any questions on Facebook and Kathy Harrison asks if uh Anybody seen or killed a Bigfoot? And I said, anybody captured or killed a Bigfoot? And not that I know of, it's a quick answer to that. And she also asked, where has Mothman been sighted? I think North Virginia and Chicago in those areas. Um, but Probably somewhere else too.
2: Already, uh,
1: what's, dog's barking, man. What's he's barking at? What's he telling people, uh, here's a, here's a post, here's an article from cryptozoologynews.com. Two people spot dinosaur bird in Nevada. Uh, Bud Davis, a 54-year-old IT executive from California, told Cryptozoology News he had a relative driving to... Uh, when they came upon the unusual site, uh, we noticed a creature in the median of the highway. He said about the June 11th encounter. It was about three feet off the ground and about 20 feet from our car on the driver's side. He continued. Davis believes that the animal had just begun to take flight right before the vehicle approached at 11 p.m. and was reportedly having problems getting off the ground. It was struggling to get enough lift to be able to fly over the car once it saw us. The creature's wings cleared the front windshield by only inches, so we both saw the thing very clearly as it flew across the front of our vehicle, left to right and out of sight. So, uh, straight across. The man describes the bird as being gray in color and had a long neck. Long at the neck. It's head says, they was also thin and pointy with a long beak. Beak. Beak, beak, beak. Remember, it had a crest on top of its head. The body was hump-like and appeared to be heavy. Thin long legs, the wings were diamond-shaped, had claws on the end of its, each wing. A long, thin tail from tip of the beak to tip of the tail, it was longer than the windshield, was wide, so we expect the overall length at... Four to five feet. Looks like a, a crane crane. Let's look up a crane. Oh, it's not a crane. It's a damn bird, you know? One last neck. I got swimple. Oh. So. It's a damn bird from Kingdom Hill. We're trying to like, catch it like the gotta catch it in the bag and beat it.
2: Fucking damn, what's it called?
1: I swear, Professor or something? I don't know. I can't think of it. Oh my god, did someone tweet, tweet me uh, at a Montreal this podcast and tell me. Uh, Instagram or something. Tell me what the fuck I'm talking about.
2: Oh my god.
1: Probably the only one listening to this is kind Hill. King Hill seems awesome. It's late. Uh, okay, um. Sorry, it's like two o'clock in the morning. Like, okay, I did this already, but fucking listen back into it. It's like, shit, fucking. wrong. shit doesn't work. I guess I'm gonna try that crisper thing. Shit, like, keeps fucking up my audio. I guess I'm gonna... You
2: know? Okay.
1: Uh. Where was I? Lost off my place. Oh. Wingspan was wide. In the open position, the left wing tip was positioned beyond the hood of our vehicle. Bottom half of the right wing was not visible; it's covered by the roof of the car. So, we made with tips, tip to tip, to be six to seven feet. explained Davis. <laughs> the IT executive thinks the bird looks like a pterosaur, a flying reptile believed to be have lived during the Jurassic and went extinct by the end of the Cret- Cretaceous about 65 million years ago. Thunderbird, also known as Rock, it's probably
2: just a really big bird. It is eleven o'clock at night. I'm using this. I look so, so very
1: similar. To, uh, a pterosaur, most likely. In uh, 1899, Arizona newspaper the tombstone up that the two ranchers had allegedly killed a winged monster similar to an alligator in a desert between the Montezuma and chuca Mountains, which I talk about in my Arizona episode. It's more, I believe it's like it's like they like rode on horsebacks and shot it down and shit it's like fucking huge. An article about the pterosaur in particular made me particularly curious. I looked up some images of those as I assessed is what we had had to have seen, said Davis. In late April, Louisiana man claimed to have seen a similar flying creature he believes was responsible for cow mutilations in 1978. Uh, Next month, another person came forward stating he had seen a dinosaur-like bird at a public park about 50 miles northwest of Tucson in 2002. In 1927, a similar event reportedly took place in the Australian town of Fernvale when a few giant birds visited the area, causing panic among the town's residents. And Davis says that he knows what he saw was real, but a sighting which lasted 15 seconds didn't allow for any pictures or video taking. Plus, you were, yeah. yeah. But someone looks good that picture would be because it's 11 o'clock at night and you're driving. It probably has to be like a blur. Uh,
2: you know. This is taking,
1: I don't know. Uh, up until this evening, I never heard of uh, a pterosaur before, but the image I looked up is exactly what we saw. It was awesome and frightening at the same time. He said, Interstate 80 is ne- Nevada cuts across the Lutton Valley the desert. Some people still refer to as the 40 mile desert.
2: Oh, yeah. Let me pull up something real uh,
1: quick. I'm playing like a...
2: God of War. Just fucking
1: fun, it's hell we Sweet shit, crap out of monsters. Beat that dragon. She was awesome. And, uh... Very emotional at times, too. Very. My, I'm
2: crying a little bit. Oh my god!
1: Whoa. Next story. Next story is um about Jawbridge Wilderness. 1964 Jawbridge, Jawbridge Wilderness. Became the first ever wilderness area in the state of Nevada, grown to encompass more than 113,000 acres of pristine terrain, dotted through the wilderness of area are elk, moose, mountain lions, cold deserts, alpine forests, wildflowers, and tree carvings made by Basque herders in the mid-1800s. But if you dig deeper, you'll find something even more enthralling: a strange mythological backstory of a man eating giant roamed across the Jaw Beach Wilderness for ages. Jaw Beach Wilderness gets the name from Shaw Habits, the Shoshone word for a weird, beastly creature. Shaw Bits was well known among local tribes to be a cannibalistic man eating giant who would capture local Shoshones, pile them into a basket, carrying them away for supper. One day, after years of avoiding Shaw Bits at all costs, the vengeful Shawshan tribe decided that enough was enough and attempted to trap the giant and for all. An epic battle. Shoshone backed Shawshan bits into what was known as Strawbridge Canyon and used rocks and boulders to trap it in a cave for the rest of its life. Little occurred in the region until 1909. 1909, that is 111 years ago. It's crazy, right? When Professor David... Born struck gold in Bitch Canyon and was known as the last great American gold rush. After learning the strange legend of Sahabits, Born decided to name the area cannibal- after the cannibalistic monster. Unfortunately, Born misheard the name and mistook Sahabits for Jawahib. Jahabit. Sorry, these fucking words. Sorry, I'm saying. I'm trying to say the big word. Uh, which later became a simplified to Jaw Bridge, which remains the name of the wilderness area to this day. The town of Jaha Bridge itself still still, st- still stands to this day, featuring remnants of the Wild West gold mining town it once was. Inside Jaw Bridge is a trading post, gas pump, hotel saloon, and a Jaw Bridge jail, which once held Ben Cole, a man who committed the last coach Stagecoach robbery in the American West. Cole was evicted after analyzing the blood on the stagecoach, the first use of fingerprinting technology to catch a culprit in American history. Wow. That's pretty damn cool.
2: <laughs> yeah! Damn. What's the CSI? Miami? <laughs> the who? Oh, yeah. That's not it.
1: You know what on. You know it. Okay. Uh, Nowadays, Wilderness remains one of the most remote seen in the least polluted natural areas in the country. Every visit will be delightful so long as you steer clear of job bitch Canyon, where our saw hobbits may still be lurking around. Okay, it's the second time we see a story about giant. A kind of giant. It's like really short people. How short were these Native Americans that lived here? Okay. Silence. Hello, silence.
2: Bro. I want to
1: give a, a quick shout out to uh podcast. That I had a follow on Spotify. American timelines. And that's why we drink. Conversations is strange. Cryptic campfire. Drinks first. Into the fray. Radio. Last podcast on the left. Movement radio. The pals podcast. Pop culture climate. Scapegoats. Comedy conspiracy theory podcast. Kim and Choi show. Splash page. Voice Vacation a broadcast by Lorraine Renane Scuda. Walking in the Shadowlands. And the weird historian. Why well, I'm not following freaking They're racist stuff you should know.
2: Let me follow them later. Anyway, that's them. They're great. They're awesome. I don't recommend them. But, uh, let get them on. Canyon Boys.
1: Okay, we got the next stories about um, Lake Tahoe Legends of Lake Tahoe 3 by Will Matthews. Post on Saturday, March 24th, 2018. The day was perfect. There was not a snuff of wind. The skies were void of clouds. Then something happened that was not explainable. On glassy water of Lake Tahoe rose a large serpent type body, a blonde cell phone pole, and as wide as a car. What could it be? Tahoe Tessie. Tahoe Tessie? Uh uh.
2: need rewrite that. I think.
1: third legend of our Tale Tahoe series belongs to the mouse. Famous of stories in the Lake Tahoe Basin, Tahoe Tessie, a long lost cousin to the world famous Loch Ness Monster, Tahoe Tessie is Lake Tahoe's folklore that has long been shared. Tales of the creature date back to the days of the Wasso and Paiute Indians. For these people of the land it was eaten of reverence and considered immensely powerful by the shamans. It was believed to be a living descendant of the turquoise later water of Lake Tahoe. Rumored to live in a sacred area beneath East Shore's cave rock. The Indians' people held the large creature at such high regard, even speaking of the animal, was considered unthinkable. It was rumored to be the cause of blinding or death. guys, I'm didn't now. Sorry. Oh, yeah.
2: JK, okay. sorry. First joke. Sorry making fun of your reasons.
1: Don't hate me. Fast forward to current times and the sightings are so numerous. From the 1970s onward, there are countless stories of eyewitness accounts of a snake-like being at surface and then disappears again into the deep recesses of Lake Tahoe's depths. Wow. The visions have all had great likenesses. The visual appearance tend to be one of a creature that is immense in length, sometimes as long as twenty feet. Head is said to be extremely small, but there are few accounts of anyone actually seeing the cranium of this massive creature. It is said to move in up and down fashion, unlike a snake, it moves from side to side. Those who have seen Tahoe with their own eyes says the vision is one never to be forgotten. One of the most famous people to have probably seen the monster was. Jack Cousteau, who is reported to have said that he witnessed was not something the public was ready to see. Other accounts have surfaced through the years, from a fisherman witnessing a 15-long serpent swimming in his boat to skilled divers having upon the monster's cave, there are enough sightings to back up the potential truths of the story. Take for example, Mickey Daniels cousin of Jack Daniels I don't know maybe the owner of the charter fishing boat Big Mac II, who along with other board his boat when it's a creature creating a wake the size of a boat or another Tahoe local and business owner Mike Conway witnessing a uh, cow tessie swimming in the mid 80s while doing a shoot for a TV commercial Accounts are so numerous, in fact, that in 2004, there was a global conference held in Lake Tahoe that discussed unified swimming objects, otherwise known as USOs. The discussion was held in January at the Squaw Valley Institute, under the guidance of Dr. Charles Bowman of UC Davis, Tahoe Research Group. A seminar discussed past eyewitness accounts by scientists and an additional conference highlighted by the subject of USOs. Not everyone is convinced that it's indeed an uh, underwater monster. Some believe that Tylosaurus is nothing more than a Jurassic creature of the of our past, like the Plesiosaur, Pleosaur, Ithysaur, or Mosasaur. Ooh, last saur! Saur, 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 from reals. dinosaurs. If this isn't the case, then Tylosaurus is believed to be a massive sturgeon, possibly coming about a new species of freshwater eel. Whatever the case may be, one thing is for certain. There is a large creature that's swimming in our vast lake. It lies beneath the surface, deep in the cavernous depths of one of America's deepest lakes. It's common here, it's pod. They put a common, a comma here for a pause. Let's give it a pause. waiting. That's the end of the article. Thank you. Jenny Matthews for that article. Thank you for your research and hard work. Woo! Yeah, and I put a freaking uh poll for Axios yeah, when you listen to podcasts in the morning or at night. No one freaking did anything. Thanks for following me you're doing nothing. You're following me, you're definitely new. Mhm. you're busy. Yeah, you're working. Yeah, you're working. Yeah, you're working. Like you're working and stuff. You got know, your, y'all socializing, going out, and doing stuff. But not, no, you're not. You're just okay. Getting a little salty. Sorry. Okay. Oh. There's an article I found. In Pine Barren on the Pine Barren Institute dot com. So, headline: July 1910. Uh, February fourth, twenty twenty. Adam Benedict. Thank you, Adam, for writing the for, um, finding this article. Carson City Daily Appeal, July 6, 1910. Man fights with a wild animal to save child. The following remarkable story has been received by the Las Vegas Age from James S. Abbott and correspondent at Bunkerville, Nevada. Bunkerville is a small town in the Virgin River Basin, about 10 miles from Mesquite. an incident occurred. Both places are remote from the railroad in one of the wildest localities of the Southwest, which is now beginning to attract considerable attention. On account of the fertility of its soil, Mr. Harris's story follows. Child in death grip of monster. In small hours of the morning of June 22nd, at the town of Mesquite in Clark County, the two small daughters of Mrs. Aaron H. Levitt, a widow, were sleeping on the floor in the open doors of the room. Under the darkness, an animal crept through the open door and it immediately plunged its sharp teeth into the brow and temple of one of its sleeping children. The little girl, the little girl screamed with pain and threw up her arm to ward off the attack, whereupon the fierce brute fastened shots jaws upon her forearm, driving its teeth to the bone. The mother, awakened by the anguished cries of the baby, sought in the dark his cause of the trouble. She felt what she's supposed to. Uh, she felt what she supposed in the darkness to be a huge cat, that undertook to drive him off. But by the time the animal was drinking the lifeblood of the child, it was writhing in pain and screaming, "Take him off!" The little sister was sent, sorry, sent, sent damn accent, I'm sorry. Was sent for help to the house of the neighborhood and Mr. Herbert A. Levitt was awakened and came running to the scene. A desperate fight with the monster immediately began. Levitt, a hero. After vainly trying to beat the beast off, he saw that something must be quickly done to save the child, save the life of the child. He settled himself onto the animal and holding his throat in a powerful grip, finally succeeded in choking it. So that he loosened his grip on the arm of the child. After getting it loose, a terrific struggle began and it was only enough It was only though through the great strength of Mr. Levitt that the struggling beast was held until more help came and was finally killed with an ax. The beast proved to be an immense badger, weighing 55 pounds and was strong enough to have carried off and killed a child, had not help virtually been at hand. The badger's mate was seen around the place later. The child was doing nicely after their frightful experience, under watchful treatment, I that no bad effects may follow. Historical Cryptid headlines showcases actual articles of following cryptids that were published within United States newspapers back to 1800s, 1900s. Articles posted here are written exactly as, as they appeared during the original publishing date. Pine Barrens Institute. Thank you. We can. How you guys doing? Doing good? How's your drive to work going? Drive from work. It's, I don't know, Tom, you're listening to this, but time comes out, it'd be like Monday noon, the 4th of May, All right? But it's like, uh, yeah, it's May 4th. It's like 3 a.m. May 4th. Mm-hmm. I do How do we record this shit? Where's the shit up here? New Hampshire. Okay. Class. So yeah. um Brent. Swanter wrote the article on mysteriousuniverse.org. The Mysteries in Nevada's Cursed Pyramid Lake, May 25th, 2016 is when it was published. Mysterious haunted places are not always strictly the domain of decrepit old buildings, desolate landscapes, or dark, scary forests. Sometimes locations with sinister legends and weird phenomena are some of the most stunningly beautiful places in the world. Somehow, managing to be to balance natural beauty with strange, ominous tales, this is certainly the case with the gorgeous Pyramid Lake of Nevada. It is a breathtaking location, which holds an undercurrent of menace storming quietly under the surface, holds mysteries that have surrounded it since it was the very first people settled the area. Sprawled out like a mirage in the desert and brushing up against tranquil mountains, Pyramid Lake lies nestled within the Trinkee River Basin, located in southeastern Washoe County of the U.S. state of Nevada, around 64 kilometers from the city of Reno. It is an ancient lake at the remnant of Lake Lahontan, a vast body of water which once covered most of northwestern Nevada during the last Ice Age. The Pyramid Lake delivers from numerous soaring limestones, cone covered formations, called Tufa formations that line the shores and jut up of the water here, the largest of their, these being Anho Island, looming out over the water like the ruins of some scriptural ancient civilization. The l- lake is well known for its clear for its crystal clear waters, pristine beauty, and picturesque vistas.
0: We all know real life can suck sometimes, and your boss accidentally seeing you in your underpants on Zoom last week doesn't help any. That's why reluctantly codependent sisters, the Shira and Rishalia, keep you enthralled and in stitches every week with their podcast, Legendary Africa. Every Monday and Friday, we take you on a journey of mythical lands, magical objects, and monstrous creatures, both ancient and modern. Find Legendary Africa on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you feed your ears. And remember, stay safe, stay sexy, and stay legendary.
1: It's a very nice place. So it's a very beautiful lake. It's for about forty miles south. About forty miles off right now. I tell you, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful place. Please, uh stress. As well as being, as well as for being a sanctuary for vast amounts of birds, including geese, pelicans, gulls, owls, grapes. What grapes, dude? Never heard that before. I'm looking at grapes. It's like a water bale. Uh, grapes is, uh, are aquatic diving birds and order ponders seem for are while they birds of fresh water. Some species are only current in the marine habitats during migration in winter. Over contains a single family, the family which includes 20 species in six extent genera. So
2: it's like a diving bird. It's like a. Like a oh, it's like a. pretty bird. Pretty bird. Pretty bird. Pretty bird. Pretty bird. Pretty bird.
1: In tangent. Uh, and duck sand. What's the hell with duck sand? I of the hell duck sand. Duck sand. I don't know. I guess it's a type of duck. Uh, as well as home to numerous endangered species of fish, while most people might not realize it, it must certainly have seemed like at some point, since its image is used as the default screensaver for the Apple iPod devices. I never had an Apple iPod. I was a Zoom guy. Uh, another thing that might not realize is that this thing's particularly beautiful locale is steeped in dark history and tales of strange creatures. <laughs> uh, mysteries, disappearances, and sinister curses. The surrounding area of Pyramid Lake has long been inhabited by members of the native Ute tribe is a compromise of three related groups of Native Americans, the Northern Piute from Eastern California, Western Nevada, and Southeast Oregon. The Owens Valley Piute from the California Nevada border, and the Southern Piute who occupied the Colorado River basin in the Mojave Desert. The Piute apparent lake were known as the Cuhu Tu meaning Cuhu eaters, which Kuhu referring to a type of fish endemic to the area. To the lake, uh, the tribe act out of living out this harsh desert environment by catching fish such as the Q Q, U the two chub and Lahontan cutthroat trout. So they're fishermen. They fish out a lake. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Fish is good. Did you ever had like a homemade like fish like caught like right out of the river or lake? You cook it right there on the, the like. We're open fire good as crap yeah. the tribe uh, okay uh, as well as gathering sparse food resources from the desert such as grasshoppers, rodents, deer and rabbit, in addition to various berries, roots, seeds, and nuts. the trail the tribe lived in peaceful seclusion for centuries before the lake was discovered and mapped by American explorer John C Vermont. In 1844. It was indeed Vermont who gave the lake the title of Pyramid Lake. From here, European settlements there began in earnest, with settlers tricking, trickling in from the east looking for a new life in these bad lands. This new settlement had disastrous consequences for the Piute as miners chopped down pinyon trees, a major food source for the natives and cow ranchers caused destruction of the already sparse vegetation within their herds, as well as competing with the butte for these grazing lands. While a few people at first tried to live in harmony with the white settlers and traded them regularly, most of the tribe did not appreciate the disruption of their way of life and resented the presence of the settlers on their ancestral lands. Ooh. It sounds like something bad going to happen, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. The Sherman amnesty would eventually boil over into violence. A raiding party found out to inscriminate murder settlers on their land. These raids graduate to full skirmishes and culminate in the Pute War, also known as the Pyramid Lake War, which occurred in 1860 around Pyramid Lake, it consisted of two violent engagements that killed around eighty settlers and an unknown number of Pite. Ooh, that's fucked up. (laughs) Unknown. You didn't even bother counting how many freaking people you killed. What the hell, dude? So fucked up. Violence would continue sporadically till both sides agreed to cease fire in August of 1860. These bloody engagements fit in well with some of the dark legends of the Pute people, and many of them blamed the arrival of the white settlers in the bloody war on a dark curse, long said to hang over the lake. One old legend among the people was that the lake was the home of a race of mermaids. That one of the, these beings once fell in love with a village man. Story goes that when the man brought the mermaid to the village, he announced his intentions to marry her. Hey, this fish lady. this half lady, half little fishtail here. I want to marry her. Guys, can I marry her? They were met with disdain, and the man was told to take the strange creature back to the water. You get that fish lady out of here, dude! What are you doing? You drunk, man? What's going on? What's happening? Oh, oh
0: no! Oh no! Hey, we gotta go.
1: How did she take this? How did she? How did this mermaid take this news of being like, you know, enough to be in the village? Uh. It is said that the mermaid was so infuriated with the way she had been treated and her banishment from the tribe that she cast a curse on the lake, promising that all who lived there would forever experience hardship and misfortune. Like, you ain't shit. you all. You ain't shit. You never gonna get shit. Well,
2: of course you are. Of course you are. You know? Ooh.
1: It is this curse, many said, that had brought settlers and not the war. The mermaid curse is certainly not the only ominous legend associated with the Pyramid Lake. Since even before settlers arrived, there were long tales of ghostly, demonic spirits inhabiting clear waters, such as serpents and a type of water imp They were known as water babies. These specters are said to look like babies with massages twisted by rage and hate. They claim to lurk on the surfaces waiting for victims to wander too close, which they will then drag down to their deaths. The story of how these bizarre creatures came to be varies. One version propagated mostly by early European settlers was that the Pew had a disturbing <sighs> a habit of uh, exposing of unwanted or deformed newborns by throwing them onto the lake to drown. This was actually done to weed out the weak and keep the tribe strong, as these abandoned murdered babies are proud of the water. It is a ghoulish story to be sure, but it's likely based on exaggeration, aimed at making the natives look like savages. What a dick dude, that's assholes. Sorry, let me freeze that. People, white like people, back in the 18, 19th century, are assholes. Ah, uh, the Pete uh, the channel says the water ghosts are a result of a great serpent who one day emerged to feed on the baby of a mother who was washing clothes. The demonic spirit then took the form of the baby and began devouring the mother as well, only stopping when it made a deal with a village shaman. That it would be allowed to prowl the lake in exchange for letting the mother live. Ooh, that's creepy. Ooh, with a baby in your mother. I'm like mama,
2: mama. And the girl there see the baby, like I'll freak out. Oh, <laughs> baby's creep me out. <laughs>
1: babies, babies uh, no matter which version of the story one subscribes to, or indeed. Whether one believes any of it at all, there's certainly an eerie phenomenon. i often reported from the lake that seems like to the ghostly presence of water babies in Pyramid Lake. To this day, both visitors and locals alike often report hearing the disembodied voices of babies crying. Oh my God, that's so creepy. Oh. Oh my God, babies crying. Or the laughter of children. No, not laughter with that shit oh uh, heard left of children wafting from out across the still water which are often heard even by people who have never heard of the old tales of water babies eerie indeed but even more so considering that hearing these voices is said to be a bad omen the local saying being if you hear them you will have bad luck if you see them you are dead oh fuck oh damn it Okay,
2: guys. Oh, Oh,
1: oh my god, it's so creepy. I hate fucking children. The phenomenon is said to be particularly prominent in spring when such reports experience a surge. Ollie, spring is also a season in which the lake experiences the most accidents involving the fishermen. The flock here to fish for the very large O'Hooten cutthroat trout. In addition to freak boating accidents, Missing equipment and technical trouble. There are more sensual stories of drownings and disappearances. This damn water babies, son. Oh, locals claim that every spring at least one fisherman vanishes without a trace out on Pyramid Lake. Some attribute this to legendary water babies, said to stalk the depths, while others blame it on a commission of bad weather conditions, sharp increase in water depth, close to the shore, which dropped down. Probably down to 350 feet, and effects of copious amounts of alcohol. Yeah, it's fishing, drinking, it's awesome. Fishing. Swimmers and scuba divers have also mysteriously drowned in the lake, curiously mostly in spring, with some of the bodies never found. Dude, okay, fishing? And I'm just like,
2: Stop. I can't see anybody. It's like, can't talk and fish. Like it matter, You're scared of fish.
1: A fish. Perhaps, even stranger, perhaps even stranger than disappearances are the occasional cases of the corpus of drowning victims in Pyramid Lake turning up floating around in nearby Lake Tahoe and vice versa. How could this be? One theory is that the bodies floated there. Pyramid Lake is fed by the Truckee River, which is supposedly outflows from Lake Tahoe. Okay, how far away is Lake Tahoe from? Map. Map. Ooh. What are you doing? What's Okay, um. What's up? Ah. Uh, what there is that the body's floated there. Pyramid Lake is fed by the Tricky River, which is mostly the outflow from Lake Tahoe. So the idea is that the corpses from Lake Tahoe somehow floated over a spillway and were swept down the river to Pyramid Lake. Although this does not explain how a body could go the opposite direction. Another theory is that the Pyramid Lake and Lake Tahoe are connected via a series of mysterious subterranean tunnels and river and river systems but the body floats, how can it get under the water? That makes no sense. The, the body is a floater. It, bodies are found floating in the water. How can it like dive down?
2: into the water. Underground um river systems and stuff, you know. Okay. Uh
1: the witches of corpses might travel from one place to other. For now, no one really knows, and this adds another creepy layer to the mysterious of this place. Um, Pyramid Lake remains an enthralling place of mystery and beauty. Marrying pristine natural splendor with dark Mystery mysteries may never fully understand. It suddenly changes the way one might look at the lake sitting on your iPad screen. Girls waiting to visit this magnificent and spooky place for themselves. Remember that since the lake sits on the Pyramid Lake Indian Reservation, pyramids are required to fish, boat, or camp here. It might also be important to remember to be careful when near the water here. Pay attention to the sound of babies crying and maybe go in a season other than spring. Just in case. Thank you, uh, Brett Swanson for that article. Next up, I have some requests for listeners. My legendary monsters. Uh, first question. Uh, please. Send your voice messages or emails or whatever you want to do. DM me on social media, or whatever. Everyone, what do, do how are you gonna get a hold of me? Um, I wanna ask you. You live in New Hampshire. Have you seen any cryptids in New Hampshire? And you have a story to tell. And second question is what would, what was your favorite monster from this episode on Nevada? Thank you. Yeah, get some answers in, and i start to get some, get some reading, your, reading your stuff, playing your stuff, and I'm gonna give you guys
2: shout outs. I finish out.
1: Oh, okay. About to, about to wrap this up. Okay. Alrighty. Um, thank you for listening to Monster Legend Podcast. This has been Monster Legends of Nevada. I will see you next week, Monday at noon. And have a great week and a great single tomorrow. Tomorrow. B- bye. Adios. How? Thank you for listening to this episode of Monster Legend Podcast. Or find more information about Monster Legend Podcast, go to monsterlegendpodcast.com or anchor.fm forward slash Monster Legend Podcast. There you can find all episodes and platforms on which the podcast is on, which you can describe, subscribe to. You also can email me. All the questions that will be answered
0: on the show. Thank you.